Out of the deep freeze into your heart You gotta think about every bite you take I'm Alec Electronic Catchy name, huh? Have we got a show for you today? Your true colors are beautiful Like a While we do our final systems check, please make sure your seat belts are buckled and tray tables are in their upright and locked positions. Hey, thanks for being such a great test crew. Come back and ride anytime. Bye now. W Radio Your Information Station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 516, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic, not just with the podcast, but with my live videos and chats every Wednesday night on Facebook, my books, audio tours, special events, cruises, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox this week as we discuss and answer a variety of your questions, including the return of the Expedition Everest Challenge, celebrating a birthday on a budget, where to find a special events calendar, saving money on food at Disney, Walt Disney World Resort views, bachelorette parties, and the infamous election of the Main Street mascot. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have information about a change to our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World, some additional updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Since 2005, when I first started this podcast, I wanted to create a show right from the outset that I, as a Walt Disney World enthusiast and fan, would want to listen to. And that's why the topics I choose each week are ones that I personally get excited about, not just when it comes to food. And I talk about the things that I love and make me and hopefully you happy about Walt Disney World, whether you're planning a trip just missing this place or even just thinking about a place and something that gets you away from where you are, what you're going through for a little while. But as much as I love coming up with ideas and topics and discussions that I hope you'll enjoy, I think there's nothing like hearing from you directly. That's why I invite you to send in questions. That's why I do Meet to the Month. It's why I've been doing and loving the live video show every Wednesday for more than, te- I can't believe it's been a decade. It's why we do group events and why I invite you to email me and write into the show so that you can ask the questions that you have, which I think not only will help others, but maybe bring to mind something that they've never done before, or at the very least, bring them a little bit of that Disney magic that we talk about and love so very much. And speaking of Disney magic, somebody who helps make it for a living and is truly magical insert air quotes around that in and of herself she is her own 
very unique brand of royalty. She is Becky Mankin, owner and CEO of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, and my friend and fellow email inbox enthusiast. So welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I am so glad that we are digging into this pile because I know that there are email questions aplenty and we could probably do 400 shows and never get through them. And by the way, it's like my Thor to your Loki. Not quite sure about that. <laughs> maybe your Thor, maybe your Hella to my Peter Parker. Wow. Oh, you had to take it that direction, didn't you? I, I just had to, you know. Are you more like Thanos or are you oh, more like. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. No, wait, no, no. Where's my Infinity Gauntlet? I have, I'm gonna, I have to put my inferno. Listen, this is the problem. We spend too much time on the nonsense and not getting to questions from people I, like I, Colleen. I just want to put it out there because this is how much I adore the WDW radio community because I'm going to miss out on meeting Thor. Because I'm going to be with you oh, in Alaska Lord. and I'm thrilled. <laughs> Can't you just tell? I'll put on my Thor. I'll wear my Thor getup for uh, for pajamas. Oh, no, don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it for me, please. (laughs) All right, listen. More important than Thor, if you can believe it, is Colleen's question. Because she says, hey, Lou, in big letters, all caps, exclamation point. I was wondering if you had any insight regarding plans to revamp or do any more running challenges similar to the Expedition Everest Challenge. Who would have thought, by the way, the first question on a WWE radio show would be asking me about running, but it is. I heard about it just before the final one in 2015 and was really sad to realize I missed the opportunity to participate in a race that included an obstacle course and a scavenger hunt element. Please let me know if you have any insider info. Also, I can't thank you enough for the WWE radio show. My mom, which makes me think she's from the UK, sisters and I are huge Disney people. I don't mean I, don't, I think she doesn't mean like physically huge Disney. I think she means huge Disney enthusiasts and they got them yes. into the podcast this past fall after I found it. We all love it and we love learning things we didn't even know. Rare, but it does happen, she says. So enjoyable to hear that there are people out there as passionate about Walt Disney World as we are. Thank you for bringing happiness into my everyday life. Oh, keep up the amazing work, Colleen. Uh Colleen, believe it or not, I'm with you. When it comes to – you would think Lou Mangiello would like, you know, one less opportunity to have to embarrass himself and run. But I used to love, actually, the Expedition Everest Challenge. And if you remember, Becky, this was something that was begun back in 2008. And I did it, in, again, in air quotes for the few <laughs> first few years because I loved it because it was a combination of a 5K – a scavenger hunt and a physical actual obstacle course. And I think it was actually in 2009. It was pouring. Like it was like a buddy, muddy, muddy, buddy, whatever. It was incredible. <laughs> and like, you couldn't even read your scavenger hunt book, but it was off. It was awesome because one of the other things that was about it too, was you could do it alone but you could also compete as two-person teams. So my wife and I did it for years, and then we had a group of friends and people from the WW Radio family doing it. And then after you were done, there was actually a post-race party. Um, it, 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 again, the event took place at night, which would made it awesome. And you were able to go uh, into Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I think you could ride, uh, obviously, Everest 
which you could actually do during the race too, if you, if you had extra time. Uh, I think Dinosaur, Cali, and something else. They had a big party out in Dinoland USA, and and there was food and stuff to drink. And then they, um, you could even have your family come to the post race party if you wanted. So it really was less of a uh, a physical competition, competitive event as it was really something that was a lot of fun. I of course did awful in the running and and obstacle course part i love the scavenger hunt part that's really where my my wheelhouse and the the food in the post-race party part uh but it did end in 2015 uh because of a lot of things that are going on over at disney's animal constrict animal kingdom including construction and things like that uh i have heard rumors and rumbling that this race or one that is like it will or may come or come back to the parks at some time soon. Uh, but but in its absence, because I liked this style of event that really was less about the physical challenges as a way to make your way through the parks and have fun as a team, that's part of the reason why I wanted to fill in the gap a little bit. And last year we had our inaugural and I'm using the word inaugural very deliberately, uh, Disneyland Quest out in Obviously, Disneyland, right after D23 Expo, uh, it was no running, there was medals, there was prizes, there was obviously food. Like, that's the perfect Lou Mancello, like, <laughs> uh, scavenger hunt challenge event. Uh, there may or may not be plans in the works for a Walt Disney World WDW Radio Quest coming very soon. Is that a statement? <laughs> With, with is, a, is that a, a question mark on the I don't on the know. end of it? I know. I well, know. Question. Because I never did this challenge. I do remember the year, however, that it poured cats and dogs <laughs> and everybody was soaked to the bone. So I, I think it was more like a the scavenger hunt and a um and a swim meet all <laughs> right. mixed into it. So it became like an Ironman challenge of, of the Expedition Everest. But was that teams or was it individual? You could do teams. So so my wife and I did it as uh, as a team. Hmm. Yep. That does sound fun. Yeah, they it should was. That and it, But it wasn't like, um, if you remember the old, I don't know if you ever did them, but when D23 would do some of their, um, uh, I don't know what, I don't remember what they called them. The scavenger hunt type things. You had to be um, tethered to each other. And I don't believe that you were tethered to each other in the uh, the Expedition Everest Challenge because that really would have made it even more uh, I, interesting to say the least. <laughs> I am still amazed that they actually tethered people together like that uh, f- from a Disney perspective. That just sounds like lawsuits in all directions. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, because it wasn't just two people who were tethered. Like my team, when Isn't we there did four? it, there was, we had three of us on our team. Okay. So Wow. But it was a blast. That's a visual. That's so a yeah, visual. so we had a we had a ton of fun doing our inaugural Disneyland quest. I will only leave you with stay tuned. Huh. If you do a Disney World one, do we tether people together? No. The recovering <laughs> attorney and me will never let that happen. Are you insane, woman? Yes. Yes. That, that yes. has that has liability <laughs> written all over it. So. Exactly. But if Disney can pull it off. And right? listen, and my quests, just to be clear, do not involve any obstacle course and or running. So, I want, you know, that, I think that's by design, too, isn't it's it? It's absolutely by And <laughs> because they're also meant to like the Disneyland quest, they are completely family friendly. So the team that yeah. won had a had a kid on it. I think she was 13, 14. The uh, the team of four that actually won the Disneyland version. Yeah, maybe you should have like an 
an eating competition at the end. Uh, listen, I'll smoke all of you in that. Um, <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to Michael Pitzer's question, uh, because I think this one, Becky, is very much in your wheelhouse. He says, hey, Lou, my wife is turning 30 this year. Michael, first things first, don't ever say she's turning 30. It's the second anniversary of her 15th birthday. And to celebrate, I want to plan something special for our next Walt Disney World trip in January. Do you have any suggestions for celebrating a, this birthday with a budget of around $500. Thank you for any help, and I love the podcast, Michael Pitzer. So, Becky, again, coming to Walt Disney World, there's a lot of different ways and places and things to do. So I want you to imagine he wants to sort of gift to his wife or maybe to them as a couple something special for this birthday for this very, very young woman uh, at the age of 30, but wants to spend only around $500. Go. Actually, five hundred dollar budget is pretty I was, that's good. A, yeah, no kidding. I mean, there's there's a really nice. Um, that's like appetizers to... at Boathouse for me. So wow, yeah, it pretty much. Um, you could actually turn it into a day of a birthday celebration for five hundred. You you could do a couple of really special things, um, and a lot of it depends on what makes her happy. And I I think that we could toss out a lot of different ideas. But for example. The, the typical go-tos are doing a really nice romantic dinner uh, somewhere <clears throat> like up at California Grill and then going down and surprising her with a, a fireworks cruise because those are pretty on the inexpensive side and it's private. It can be just the two of you, okay, with a with a person that's actually driving the boat. But, <laughs> but you can have a really nice evening that way for around $500 if you were going to go that direction. However, if she's not really into – into the fireworks shows, which anyone at Disney probably will be. Uh, there are also other wonderful romantic get-togethers. You can do um, a, a spa day for her and then take her to a really nice dinner. Um, I could probably come up with several ideas for in-room, too, because the um, the florist has these wonderful packages that when you come back from the park, you open the door and there are roses everywhere. And, I mean, there's lots of different surprise and delight ideas that are available with Disney. It's almost um, – uh, it, it's hard to pin down one or two without knowing exactly what she enjoys, right, because it needs to be all about her. So right, exactly. So let me ask you, from a guy's perspective, what do you think if your wife was turning fifteen for the second time? <laughs> I didn't mean it what? that way. But <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say she's twenty nine again. She's she's uh-huh. celebrating the anniversary of her 29th birthday. So what 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 would you think would be the perfect way to celebrate a birthday besides going to the boathouse and eating twenty nine? Oh, well, I, I got nothing. No. So I thought about it this way, and and basically I mentally divided this into three different areas, three different sort of ways you can approach it, or maybe you do all three and it's pamper play Mm -hmm. and princess, right? So to pamper, I thought about things obviously like a day at the spa, um, something that she could really just sort of indulge herself into something she really enjoys. And that pampering can be whether it's a spa day, whether it's, uh, going to play or uh, around a golf or, you know, getting uh, uh, lessons from a golf pro is is play something that she wants to do. Does she want to do something, a unique experience like Wild Africa Trek? Does she want right. to, you know, uh, 
rent a jet ski um, from the the contemporary? Does she want to go horseback riding? Does she want to sort of do one of those very unique experiences? And it can be as physical or not. And that unique experience could be, you know, so I was at Port Orleans the other night. They, uh, there was a couple taking a horse-drawn carriage ride. Like it was beautiful and romantic, not very expensive at all. You can sort of stack a lot of these experiences up if you want to get to right. that $500 limit. And you can also, when I said princess, you can sort of treat her by it like a princess. You can sort of go back in time and maybe do some of those things that you might think to do for kids, but do it for an, an adult. Like, so what do kids want to do on their birthday? They just want to eat cake all day. So maybe you do some sort of a special dessert party for her. And, they, and they'll and they even do, you know, private dessert parties. If you right. really want to do something that'll knock your socks off, you want to go on the grand one and see fireworks from there, you can do that. You know, if it's, a, if it's something special. You want to have a VIP tour guide for the day. You want to have something sent to her room to really surprise. And actually... You don't even have to send to a room. If you go to Disney Floral and Gifts, they'll actually do special deliveries at locations around right. property. So you can be out at, you know, uh, having a Disney princess character meal with their favorite Disney princess, and they will have something delivered there. Like I know, don't if she's not listening, like set, they'll deliver a glass slipper with some sort of a, a prize or a, a, a present or a note in it. And you go from there to this, you know, carriage ride. I mean, you can really sort of go as wide and as wild as your imagination and budget will allow. Yeah. And that's what's so perfect about spending that type of celebration at Walt Disney World, because there's such an array of choices for something like that. And and it could be I, I like the idea of a princess for a day scenario for her, where if she would enjoy this type of thing where you start at the Magic Kingdom, don't tell her what she's doing at all. Um, start at the Magic Kingdom and bring out that child in her, uh, then go for a spa treatment and then do something else that afternoon. Maybe she likes horseback riding or, or one of those, uh, carriage rides. And then from there go to another location. I mean, just make it all about her for the entire day. So you're celebrating from sunup to sundown. So Kyle and Becky to answer your question about what I would do, I would incorporate a little bit of what I, and this maybe even takes us back to, I'm sorry, uh, to Michael, this is what takes us back to the previous question. I would probably make it a little bit of a game for her. So yeah. I would make it a scavenger hunt that'll bring her from place to place to experience to experience to surprise to surprise. So it's not just, hey, we're going to California Grill for dinner and there's fireworks. Well, it's, I'm going to start off the day with you know, something in the room or something that's delivered to her that's going to make her get to her first clue. That first clue is going to lead her mm -hmm. to the spa day. The second clue is going to lead her to, you know, a meet and greet with her favorite princess. And I'll take her through the entire day of lots of little, because you can have a lot of little things that don't have to be expensive, but right. it's going to, what you look, what you really want is not, hey, honey, look, I spent $500 on you. Clearly that means I love you. It's Look at the time I took. Look at the things and the and the experiences and the characters that I incorporated that will make this birthday special. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said about the the glass slipper being delivered somewhere, if if she uh, collects things like the Pandora charms, you can have something like that delivered to dinner or at one of the meals. There's all kinds of different ways that you can stack these experiences, like you'd mentioned before. Um, 
and many of them, like you said, don't really need to cost a lot of money either. So just I think some of the best celebrations are those that aren't about things but are about experiences with the people you love. And the boathouse. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next email Had says, to work that in, didn't you? <laughs> hey, Lou and Becky. Walt Disney World is so vast and it's changing so quickly. And my family and I don't want to miss a thing when we visit. What resources do you recommend for seeing a summarized list of all the special events going on at any given time throughout the parks and resorts? The more off the beaten path, the better. Thanks for everything you do. This one is from Kyle Buckhalter from Ellicott City, Maryland. So he, like a lot of people, may be a repeat visitor or just looking for something special to do and is trying to find like that single place, that single resource to see what what, what is going on. I think really the simplest way to do it, and it, and I applaud him because the site has gotten a lot better in terms of helping to find these things. But if you go to the Walt Disney, the official Walt Disney World website, which is disneyworld.disney.go.com, if you click on things to do in their menu bar, they actually have sort of as a, a pop out on the side, the current and upcoming special events that are going on. So right now they're talking about, for example, the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. They're giving you a hint of what is coming in terms of Star Wars at the studios. Toy Story Land is opening June 30th. So there is actually an events page that you can go to that'll outline what is happening now. And and what's really good is it has a search engine built in. So you can filter by experience type, by your interests, by age interests, as well as accessibility. So if there's things maybe you're looking to do that, uh, if you have somebody maybe that's in a wheelchair or ECV, you can filter out a lot of those things and really sort of drill down. And you, because you can put in your date range, you'll know exactly what is going on at any one giving time. I think there, the Disney Parks blog is another thing that you should absolutely follow. And if you can, I would uh, turn on notifications so you make sure you get notified every time they post a new blog. Because a lot of times they'll have sort of, I call them like pop-up special events. Say, hey, we're going to do a special Disney Parks blog meetup or Disney Parks blog event. And it's it's obviously first come, first serve. So if you, if you subscribe to the blog and you get notifications when those things are popped up, I think the official sources are always going to be the best ones to find out exactly what's going on. Now, you asked about things that are the more off the beaten path than others. Again, if you drill down through there, so for example, um, if you're a baseball fan and you're coming in early spring, the Atlanta Braves were, are, well, they're not going to be anymore, but they, they were here for spring break. If you're here around you know, the holidays, you want to find out who's going to be here for candlelight processional or you want to do a, a Yuletide fantasy tour. So you can go and see everything that goes on throughout the years. But if you know exactly when you are coming, you're able to see exactly what's going on when. What I like about especially the, the Disney side has become much more detailed over the past, what, a couple of years, I think, since they, they finally got uh, everything pulled together in the My Disney Experience scenario. What I love seeing is that 
they have a lot of details about those seasonal things that happen, like you mentioned. Um, for example, with food and wine, with all of the things that come out and the um, the demonstrations that are done are, are going to be listed there too. So you can really uh, spend a lot of time on the site digging through to see what's happening during the dates that you plan to be there. Absolutely. And the other thing too is if you are uh, attracted to, say, a specific community, hypothetically speaking, WDW Radio – if it was me, I would go to their Facebook page, like their Facebook page, turn on notifications, and see first on Facebook. We also have a community, or we sort of call it the box people community because we, you know, sort of live in this box that is the computer in your phone. <laughs> so if you go to www.radio.com slash community, you'll see that a lot of communities like ours, we do monthly meetups, we do special events, we do scavenger hunts, we do cruises. So there's a lot of different things that are going on sometimes officially with Disney, but also a lot of times with a community that you belong to, that you feel comfortable with, that might be doing some fun things in addition to the stuff that's happening officially. So uh, that is is an absolute shameless plug because I want you, Kyle, I want your family to be part of our family. Go to www.radio.com slash community. Like maybe a scavenger hunt or something that might be coming along. Possibly. Yeah. As well as the other stuff that's on my whiteboard that I haven't told you about yet. Anyway, oh. Jim says, Lou, I am, a, whiteboard. I am a longtime listener and first-time contactor. I've been listening since Walt Disney World's beginning. I think he means WDW Radio's beginning. Uh, I love the show, your enthusiasm and knowledge of Disney's world. I grew up going to Disneyland. I've been able Ooh. to take my kids to Walt Disney World twice. I took them to Marceline in 2014, which they loved. I'm recently remarried, and she's never been to any Disney park. What? I'm taking her the first week in June 2018 for our delayed honeymoon. Kathy is someone who spends money freely, so this trip is going to be difficult for me. He says, I love to eat with about 11 oh, question marks. Here we go. It's my hobby. Sit back, relax. Here it comes, baby. She, <laughs> wait a minute. She you isn't really don't that need way. me on this one, I think. So uh-huh. eating well will be a problem. Dun, dun, dun. She is the definition of, oh, I'm sorry. She's not somebody who spends money freely. Forgive me. She is the definition of a penny pincher. My question to you is, how do I get her past the food prices and eat what I want without having a conniption fit every time we go to eat with 17 question marks? I want to try the boathouse for dinner one night for our big thing. Thanks for taking the time to read. I'm counting the days. Stay high to little Timmy Foster for me. So, okay. Before so, you move on this, I just have to say, this sounds more like a support group that you need to start putting together for the community because I... Have fun with this. Go. Well, no, I think, Becky, this is something that (laughs) – because I think this is where – and I'm not trying to shamelessly plug you, but I'm going to shamelessly plug you and what you can do. Because I think this is where – look, he loves to eat, and he has somebody that is obviously financially conscious, uh, which is important. You need to have that balance. But I think this is where things like the dining plan could be something and should be something that they look into. So obviously there's a variety of different and look, we can do maybe we need to do a a show or a a segment about the dining plan because there's a lot of different options and it could be overwhelming. It could be confusing because there's the quick service dining plan. There's the, the, the Disney dining plan. There's a deluxe dining plan. Then there's also mobile ordering. Then there's also free dining depending on when you are going. So, you know, you can say, hey, look. I know. I think the 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 
uh, current dining plan starts at about uh, it, with those three tiers. I mean, it starts probably around fifty-two dollars somewhere around per night um, with the meal plan. So you could say, look, it's already built into what we are paying. We have all these table and counter service credits that we can use. It, it takes a little bit of that bite away that from having she having to see you take out the credit card every single time. So depending on how, where, when, and how often you want to dine, the dining plan might just be that sweet spot for the two of you. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. The dining plan does come into play with with, um, planning trips like this, but there's also some other tips and suggestions you can do too. I think a lot of people get hung up on the costs of the meals But then you really don't realize you don't need a full sit-down breakfast and a full sit-down lunch and a full sit-down dinner. That's a lot of food. So there's opportunities with the right um, accommodations that you choose. If you want to save a little money in the morning and you're not really big breakfast eaters, get one of the um, locations that has like uh, one of the small kitchenettes so that you can make lunches and breakfasts and then go out and splurge on the dinners. I mean, there's a lot of different strategies, including the dining plan, including picking the right um, accommodations or just planning out your day to where uh, maybe your counter service meals uh, are going to be done a certain way so that you have um, within your budget to hit maybe a late lunch, early dinner that you can spend more money on like the boathouse <laughs> and then hit everybody's needs for the right. budget and for the desire for what you want to indulge in. Yeah, I would absolutely look. And I, and I think that the standard Disney dining plan is really sort of the sweet spot mm-hmm. based on what you get value for your dollar. It's about $75 per person for adults. You get a, a counter service meal per day, a sit down meal per day, two snacks and the refillable drink mug for the entire length of stay. I agree with you. I'm sort of a grab-and-go, get some quick for breakfast, get right out there. There's a lot of ways that you can maximize the value of those table service and counter service credits, even the snack credits, like sort of knowing what to pick and choose and when is a really good way to get the most value for your dollar. Uh, Again, free dining uh, is comes... It's usually August through December-ish. It, it's, that's a very, you know, amorphous thing. But knowing to, when you're going to come, if free dining is available, like Yahtzee, brother, that's that's a good deal for you as well. And this is meant to sound like a shameless plug, but it's not because it's part of the reason why I wrote the 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book. There's a lot of other things you can do in there to maximize your budget and and the dollars that you spend on property. And you know what? Actually, wait a minute. Jim, I'll do this for you. If and when you hear this, if it happens to be before your trip or after, shoot me an email, lou at www.radio.com. I will send you the 102 Ways book as sort of a, a belated um, a, a belated uh, wedding gift to maybe help you guys along the way. And maybe that'll, you know, Kathy will be, uh, she will not have the, the aforementioned conniption fit. <laughs> and obviously for the shameless plug in our direction, one of the things that, uh, that that using a travel planner is good for is this exact type of scenario where if you're not sure where to go, how the best way to spend money is either, you can work with one of us, one of our planners at no fee. That's one thing a lot of people still think that we charge fees, but we don't. But each individual family is different. How you 
eat breakfast, how you um, work your meals throughout the day is going to be completely different from one family as, as it will be for another. So having that personal one-on-one uh, conversation with a planner is always a good idea. Absolutely. Let's move on to Jay's question. He says, good morning, Lou. My wife and I will be heading to the Walt Disney World soon with our son, who will only be 14 months old. We're staying at the Polynesian, love it, and currently have a Lagoon View room. My question is, do all Lagoon View rooms have a view of the Magic Kingdom fireworks? I feel like there's a Venn diagram in my future. I realize a Lagoon View room doesn't necessarily mean we'll see the Magic Kingdom, but I'm really hoping each night we'd be able to see the fireworks. Thanks. We love the show. Jay. So, Jay, thank you for your question. This really actually brings up, I think, a a larger question because you're really asking, do all of the Lagoon View rooms necessarily have a view of Magic Kingdom fireworks and, and I say no. And actually, the, the point is that there's a number of different room categories, not just at Polynesian, but others that have either water views, park views. So there's standard view, there's lagoon view, there's pool or marina view, and then, of course, the coveted theme park view. So at uh, uh, Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and Spa and Village, whatever the official name is now, <laughs> depending on obviously where you stay and which way your room faces will determine what you can see. So obviously the Bora Bora and the Morea rooms are the ones that are the long houses that are Disney Vacation Club, Club Villas with uh, st- uh, standard views and then some also have Lake and Magic Kingdom views, although you don't need to be a DVC member to stay there. Tuvalu will have both Lagoon views and Magic Kingdom views because some of the ones on the side or back. So it, it really does depend. I mean, the, the recovering attorney answer is all Lagoon view rooms don't necessarily mean that you will see the Magic Kingdom. If wanting to be able to watch uh, happily ever after the fireworks, the uh, the electrical water pageant. You need to specifically ask for a theme park or a Magic Kingdom view room on the lagoon side, as opposed to a standard or water view room. Right, and this brings up a really good point too, because a lot of people are confused when they see water view room because you immediately think it's got to look over the lagoon and you got to be able to see anywhere that you're you're. Um, room is to be able to see the fireworks but a lot of times water view can actually mean the pool <laughs> it pretty much means looking at any body of water when it comes down to it listen i live in florida I, water view could be a retention pond so <laughs> <laughs> with some yeah uh, but with with uh the polynesian the cool thing though is that i loved the how do I, i'm gonna butcher this when i say it the the tuvalu mm-hmm building that was the building that i was lucky enough to um to stay in it had a gorgeous view of the lagoon and of the fireworks but if you don't actually get in that room or that location there's a lot of other places around the resort that you can hang out and watch the fireworks from so if if you do happen to get kind of to the side or a different view you can go down on the dock for example where the boat transportation goes to the magic kingdom and it's got a spectacular view from there too Right. And, it you know, depending on, look, look, if you are in the Hawaii room and you are facing the lagoon. Can you say that again? Hawaii. Ha- Hawaii? Hawaii. You're obviously <laughs> going to have a view of Magic Kingdom, but you can be in the one of the Fiji longhouses and your water view right out your window will probably be more of the... Um, 
um, the marina, the marina itself. Yeah. Um, do you know what that little bay is called right there in front of Tuvalu has, and Fiji? It has a name. It does have a name. I had no idea. It has a name that at one point was the name of one of the restaurants inside Disney's Polynesian Village Villas Resort and Hotel and Spa. Okay, what's the name? The pop. The <laughs> now I'm going to push it. <laughs> I had it perfectly. The the Papi Papiete Bay Veranda. P a p e e t e. Papiete Bay okay. Veranda. And the, I right. The, never saw that. Yep. Kona Cafe was that used to be the Papiete Bay. The Papiete Bay uh, Cafe, something like was that. Was that like in the eighties? Sorry, that was downstairs. Sorry, that was actually downstairs. Yeah, eighties, late seventies, early eighties. Wow, so, I've learned something again today. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so really, to a very long-winded answer to your question is, if you want a specific view or even a specific right. longhouse, I would suggest looking at the map and saying, "Hey, are there any rooms available here? What's the difference in price if I want to stay in?" Tuvalu, again, facing the lagoon, you want to face Seven Seas Lagoon as opposed to facing the bay or the marina or, you know, the parking lot or Luau Cove, you know, because you might be over on the Luau Cove side yeah. as well. Yeah. And that also goes, I guess, uh, is a lesson for everybody. No matter what resort you're in, if there's a specific view that you really want, make that request. And I, I know that we do that a lot. So we'll ask specifically, so you're looking for water view. What are you trying to look at? What is, do you have a specific request that you'd like us to make? We can note that in the reservation. They will always note that in the reservation. They will do their best to accommodate those requests, but obviously they're not guaranteed unless right. and, you do get that specific. Exactly right. Category. If, if you want to, if you need a theme park view, you have to book a theme park view. And obviously, exactly. you know, the, the numbers are going to vary between a lagoon view, a pool or marina view. And obviously the, the theme park view will be the highest in that uh, in that category. So, right. Um, all right. Next question comes from Vicki Mallory Jones. My friend, Vicki Mallory Jones. Actually, you're all my friends, whether we've met you or not. But I digress. She says, Lou, nobody seems to remember this but me. This was years ago on one of our yearly Walt Disney World trips. I clearly remember Main Street in the Magic Kingdom covered in signs and banners of Captain Hook and Winnie the Pooh running against each other for something. I can't recall exactly what the election was for, but we all voted. I voted for Captain Hook, and I was just wondering if maybe you or anybody else remembers this and can provide any more details. Thank you for everything you do. Your friend, Vicki Mallory-Jones. Vicki, I do remember this, like vividly remember this. So I'm with you. You are not a crazy person um, because you are actually talking about the infamous Main Street USA mayoral mascot election of 1995. Becky, no. I'm sure you read. Yes, I'm sure you read <laughs> about this kidding? in the paper. There were hanging chads. It was it was a big. <laughs> no. So this was actually uh, unlike <laughs> old elections in Florida. This was actually one that was all in fun. And in 1995, 1996, you could actually vote for the Main Street mascot. It wasn't really there. There is a or there was uh, and George Weaver, we do miss you. There was a, a mayor of Main Street USA, but this was really to elect the Main Street mascot. And what would happen is you'd go into Magic Kingdom and there would be signs and bunting and things like that up. And you could actually pick up a physical ballot at the Emporium or over at uh, Exposition Hall and you can vote for Captain Hook 
or the oh-so-lovable and fluffy and cuddly, like me, Winnie the Pooh. And every morning, they actually had these sort of, you know, rallies for each of the different um, candidates. And you would get this this physical ticket and you would tear off uh, on either side. There were sort of perforations on either side. Vote for Hook or vote for, for Winnie the Pooh. And you would drop your ballot into the basket. They would tally them up. And at the end of the day they would actually have a ceremony announcing who that mascot really of the day was. <laughs> and you would think that Winnie the Pooh would have run away with it time after time after time again. But, Becky, I'm sure you'd be thrilled to know that Captain Hook won more often than wait not. And wait, <laughs> when you voted, and this is how you can find these on eBay, all the, when you voted, you actually got an, an I Voted sticker. Um, with and it said it didn't just say I voted. It said like you wore proudly on your chest. I voted for Hook or I voted for Pooh. It, it sounds really complicated. Why can't they just have a dance off or something? <laughs> you know, that, I, I think that all of our elections should probably go that direction. <laughs> but but I digress. So when when they won, I mean, was it like a daily thing or a weekly thing or was there a winner announced or how it was a, was it was a daily thing? thing. And I think part of the yeah. reason why okay. Captain Hook won as often as he did, because on his little election ticket, it said vote for Hook and in little tiny letters or else. So I think it was the fear ah. factor. I think that's wow. what he did. He ran on a platform of fear <laughs> and that is how he won. But this was actually not the only election that took place in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. In fact, 20 some odd years earlier, this was a big deal. And Winnie the Pooh, I didn't realize Winnie the Pooh was so heavily involved in Magic Kingdom politics. Politics, yeah. But he ran under the Demo Republican Party for, <laughs> <laughs> right, he wow. was running um, as he had done in Disneyland back in um, the late 60s and early 70s, he ran in 1972 for president. He wanted to be president. And um, there was president? actually this was actually tied into um, to remember, I don't know if you guys remember the, the old department store Sears, but Pooh ran under this party uh, because he had it was a, a vote that took place over at Sears. Um, he would appear in Magic Kingdom with his press secretary, Tigger, obviously, and talk to guests about his platform, which was disclosing the bare facts, pun intended, uh, a promise of honey in every pot. I don't know why I'm doing the Richard Nixon, like, thumb <laughs> fingers up in the air like you could see me. And he wanted, he was under a battle to lick the high price of ice cream cones. And so he was really going for the kids. He was really trying to get the kids to get out to vote. But they had a ticker tape parade. They had a show um, on the Castle Forecourt stage with his press secretary, Tigger, and his campaign manager. Because who else would you want to be your campaign manager than Eeyore? Because he's such a bundle of positivity and joy and laughter. Um Hook one, didn't he? <laughs> well, no. So he he didn't look in. He was running for president. So this is, is 1972. It was close. I think Nixon won just by like a hair. Um, but he also ran again in 1976. He lost to Jimmy Carter. And his slogan back then when was 
Winnie is a honey of a candidate. So listen, even with this, he had actually a theme song, which I'm not going to sing, but you could buy it as a record in Sears. So again, this was tied into Sears very much. But I think what it did was it was a fun way, especially to get kids and families sort of involved in the political process without all the nonsense in the political process, because all the characters came out and Pooh would be on the Walt Disney World Railroad and there was bunting and he had his, you know, Uncle Sam like style off, hat. Off the back of the train type well, thing. Right. And they all had signs, you know, vote for Pooh. Pooh will do. Um, so it was Pooh very much. <laughs> right. Pooh will do. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Pooh for president in 1972 was was absolutely a thing. Um, and if so you Vicky isn't crazy is what you're trying to Vicky, say. Vicky, if you if you're crazy, then you're my kind of crazy because, wow. uh, you know, I, I don't know that they could pull something off like that now but it was certainly something fun uh way back when so and all that the characters got involved yeah yeah i, mean, I was gonna ask it until you to actually answered it was you know what what really is a platform for poo <laughs> <It's the> bear <laughs> listen i promise honey in every pot i all listen right. He, I'm kind of out of honey right now. Who so be- is a candidate I could absolutely get behind? We obviously <laughs> have the same, you know, physique. We shop at the same stores and we like to eat. How creative. So, That's yeah. really creative. So Pooh's awesome. my guy. I would love to see, you know, I, and I, because I, I dig that. I love sort of creative things like that. But again, I think there was probably intentionally a, a little education part of it too, a way for kids to get involved in this process that they were probably was aware was going on around them, but obviously one that they were not, you know, either interested or certainly old enough to that was participate that was, in. That was us at that point in our generation. Right? Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I, I was a little kid in 1972. So, uh, <laughs> right. Let's listen. Moving on from, from Pooh's platform based in food. We're going to get to Madison's food? question oh. based in food. And she okay. says, hi, Lou. And Becky, I'm almost 23 and estimate that I've been to Walt Disney World about 20 times. However, I'll be traveling with a friend's family to visit during food and wine festival in all caps. She says, yum, yum, yum at the end of October. And I'm in need of some advice. Madison, you've come to the right. You've got questions about food. I've got answers. The rest of my party will be going on a fishing excursion, which I love, uh, one morning departing from the Epcot Resort area. While they're out on the boat, I'd like to find a place to grab a quick breakfast and soak in the Epcot Resort area atmosphere solo before heading into Epcot when it opens or hour or so later. Well, they will meet me after fishing. I grew up staying at Fort Wilderness and Wilderness Lodge, so I don't really have any go-to resorts in the Epcot area. Which, where would you recommend I find breakfast and a good seat to soak in the atmosphere of the Epcot Resorts while I wait for it to open? Nobody knows Disney dining quite like you. And Becky? Help me, Lou Mangello. You're my only hope. Thank you for your time and all you do. The show never fails to bring a smile to my face and a song to my heart when I can't be at the world. Oh, my heart is full right now. If you should find yourself in the parks the last week of October... My friend and I will certainly be on the Lou lookout, hoping to run into you. Have a magical day. Madison from Oklahoma. So Madison, it's you're right. Food and wine festival is going on. If you're going to be in Epcot, chances are you will see you will see the back of me because I will be in line at one of the marketplaces on the promenade getting something to eat. But I dig everything about this question. 
Quick aside, I love the fact that some of your family and friends are going fishing. I think that's an overlooked experience. I did that years ago from the uh, the contemporary. I did early morning bass fishing. I'll have to link to Wait, I, what you what. I can't even picture you fishing. Okay, so <laughs> there's no, there's no. You you would have to torture a poor little worm. No, no, no. Well, no they they'll bait the hook for you. It's it's, it's really. Awesome. But no, listen. So I actually, and you're going to make me cry by telling the story. So as a little kid, I used to go um, fishing with. I did what? Sorry, you were the bait. No, stop it. Sorry. I'm, I'm telling, telling an emotional story. Sorry. When I was a kid, I went fishing with my dad and my brother and a bunch of other guys and their kids, and we would hop Aww. in the family truckster and we would drive 12 hours up to like the middle of no, like Kenora in Canada, like literally the middle of nowhere. A couple of different fishing lodges, but they were some of my fondest, most wonderful memory because it wasn't about the fishing; it was about being out. Oh. <clears throat> Oh, it was about being no. It was about being (laughs) out on that little motorboat with your dad and your brother. No electronics. It was just you and each other and nature. And you'd catch perch and sunny and bass, and then go to one of the islands and all meet up. And you would fillet and cook the fish right there. I mean, you want to talk about just. And a wonderful experience, you know, for kids to do with their dads or their mom or uncles or, or whoever. Um, that's what it was. And it, it's something I, I miss fondly. Um, so it was basically you and your dad in the boat and you were fishing for like the small like bass and crappie and that type of thing. I mean, most of the time I was either reading or napping. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, listen, it wasn't about the fishing, but, but just look. But, but in, wait, what? but wait. Were you ever on the cover of Field and Stream magazine or Hunting and Fishing News? Look at me. There's not a lot of magazines that I would ever be on the cover of, and I probably don't want to know which ones you're I thinking. Was. Why would you be on the cover? <laughs> I what? was. I'm totally serious. I, I was raised the same way with my stepfather, who loved, loved, loved fishing, and he still loves fishing. Um, he wanted – I think he wanted – um, a son because all of a sudden it became him and his friend drug me and one of my girlfriends out when we were eight or nine years old fishing at three o'clock in the morning and threw, threw us in the back of the pickup truck and took us out to go fishing for whatever happened to be out there at the time. And I, we actually got our picture taken holding these huge strings of fish, which we probably did or I'm not going to, I cannot confirm nor deny if we actually caught the fish that we were holding, but it ended up on a magazine. I'll have to dig that out and then not show it to you. Please do. And then not show it to you. (laughs) I need to add that to my collection of blackmailing Becky photos. Grease tape. (laughs) Wedding wedding photos. Whoa. (laughs) I I wasn't dancing and singing. But. Listen, Probably this is not the... helping Madison well, question, at all. <laughs> this is not helping. Although, listen, again, the aside was fishing from places like the Contemporary. It's actually a lot of fun. It's catch and release. They will help you. Your guides will help you bait the hook or use whatever. Meat. It's re- like it's it's really a really a lot of fun. Um, and I'll and there's a video from I think 2007, 2008, somewhere that I'll have to try or and find or just go to the WWE YouTube channel and it's in there. Anyway, in terms of Places to go in the Epcot Resort area. For I first of all, I love mm. the fact that you're eating before you're going to eat. Like Madison, we're bonding in a big way right here. So my first thoughts were Epcot Resorts. So I thought of the oh so very lovely and brand newly refurbished Ale and Compass at the Yacht Club. I thought of 
Trattoria Al Forno, which now is a character meal. But forget all that. Because totally I think if you really want to, I think we're, I think Becky, for one of the few times we're on the same page in this one, if you want sort of the quintessential early morning Epcot resort area, watch the people and the world go by, what you do is you go inside the Boardwalk Bakery where they have egg platters and croissant sandwiches and muffins and sweet stuff and coffee and tea. You grab something from in there. You go out and sit on one of the metal tables or better yet, go sit on one of the benches right on the shores of Crescent Lake. You watch and listen to the boats go by, the families and the kids making their way. Like you sort of just listen to and and, and take in the moment of, um, of sort of hearing that resort area early in the morning. It is so incredibly wonderful and relaxing, especially when you're not there at five o'clock in the morning to cheer, to cheer the 10K runners on during the Walt Disney World <laughs> Marathon weekend. If you do it at a normal time, like eight, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, it's one of, dare I say, a, a hidden gem, overlooked, simple, lovely experience in Walt Disney World. Yep, we have the exact same answer because when the moment that it said Epcot Resort area and somewhere to just soak it all in, that's immediately where my brain went because you can go down to the bakery where they have um, everything from the cinnamon rolls that you can smell from like 10 miles away. (laughs) That's like drawing you in because you have to have a cinnamon roll to um, like the breakfast sandwiches. They have a lot of different um, things that you can get from the menu, but you go in, you order, you grab and go, you just walk outside. And then there's those red tables that are mm-hmm. kind of spread everywhere and a couple of benches and just pull one of those up. What I really like in the morning, especially, is that the boardwalk doesn't really wake up um, at the crack of dawn, <laughs> like the rest of the resorts tend to do. And you can, it's very quiet. And like you said, mm-hmm. you can hear the water and the birds and the um, the friendship boats as they start their morning. And I love the look of the boardwalk when they've um, watered it down just to kind of hose it all off in the morning. So you just have that really crisp, fresh morning feeling with coffee and a cinnamon roll in hand. And uh, it's one of the best places just to kind of breathe. Well, and and look, as somebody who grew up in New Jersey and was down in the Jersey Shore and Atlantic City, like it's got that turn of the century, you know, Jersey, Coney Island boardwalk style feel without all the Camaro IROC Z's going down at night. Um, no, there was, this was pre snooky days, kids. This was like when the boardwalk was really the boardwalk, but you're right. Uh, you know, I think it is a very quiet, you know what? Maybe we, maybe you're not wrong, Becky Mankin. Maybe one of wow. these days I will do a morning meet of the month at the boardwalk bakery. We'll grab that a little It's not during it's, a run. When I say morning meet, I, again, I don't mean 5.45 a.m. Awesome. I mean like normal time because it is. And we've done these before. I think we did right before one of our cruises, we had a mm-hmm. meet um, on the boardwalk. And maybe we'll have to uh, we'll have to do that again because now I've got, great place. I've got blueberry muffins just swimming in my head and breakfast sandwiches. I'm, that is, I'm, I'm just thinking cinnamon rolls because that's the, oh, or I just love that why smell. why not both? Why not all? Ooh. Why not all the above? Why don't we get a little muffin, a little sandwich, a little cinnamon roll, and we need a breakfast flight. Is what we need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need a breakfast flight. <laughs> but yeah, look, you know, that. a lot of people say that the boardwalk comes to life at night, and it does. 
but I, I think it has such a different feel, such a different charm to it, especially early, you know, on one of those cool, crisp mornings. I think that's, I think that is your, I think, Madison, that is your go-to pre-Epcot food and wine run and eat with Lou festival morning. <laughs> I totally agree. But although you did mention Ale and Compass over there, not not a place to soak in everything, but that uh, the um, the redo, the refurb that they did over there is fantastic. I did. I tried it actually one morning for breakfast. Um, it was ladies day. So me and some, <laughs> some fr- ladies friends from the WW Radio Nation went and had breakfast together, which was you, lovely. You crashed yeah. girls, girls morning. I All was right, invited to girls morning. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. <laughs> but listen, I'm one of the gals. I'm here. I mean, I'm also yeah. one of the guys too. Um, <laughs> but what I liked about it was they had a, and we will, I like to give them a, a few months to sort of work at all the kinks, but you want to talk about breakfast locations that have very unique menu items. Like they had this, um, this, it was like a red chorizo hash or something. So it had poached hmm. eggs and chorizo and potatoes and beets in it, which was phenomenal. They had a salted caramel apple French toast. Ooh. See, right. Let that Ooh. sink in for a second. A breakfast flatbread, smoked salmon, eggs Benedict. They had some healthy stuff, which I stayed away from. They had a um, a steak frites with onions and poached eggs, and oh yeah, we also just all the me and all the girls just shared and sampled together. Wow, that does sound really good. I haven't tried breakfast there. I, I did lunch, which was the the menu was fantastic. So yeah. I like to see that that they've kind of um, upgraded it over there. I'm looking forward to reviewing Ale and Compass for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, not yeah. all on the same day, because I think they're going to make me leave in between, <laughs> like, seatings. But Just bring your, your laptop and say, I'm writing. I'm busy here. <laughs> From there to there. I have to bring my laptop and, like, a gurney to roll me out of. I'll be eating so much in the morning. But um, Nicole Hazeltine says, hey, Lou, my – oh, Nicholas, Sorry. Says, hey, Lou, my name is Nick. I've only gone once. All this thought of food has gotten me a little delirious. I've only gone once to Disney, and I want to go back because my mom recently passed away from cancer. Is it possible to go to Disney for one person on $1,000? What are some things you can tell me to make my chip the cheapest but still have fun? I do want to stay at Riverside French Quarter because that was the Disney hotel my mom took us. And since she Mm -hmm. passed away, I've been very depressed and diagnosed with PTSD. Listening to your show, I've been smiling more and happiest than I've been in a while. <clears throat> your, your podcast, <laughs> your podcast changes lives. I don't think you understand. I do, um, but thank you and have a great day, uh, Nick. Okay. You obviously have touched me in a very, um, uh, a very personal and profound way. Um, I will get to your question because you absolutely can go to Disney for a thousand dollars. You can have. Um, an amazing time, um, you know. And when I say you can go to Disney for a thousand dollars, I don't just mean for a day. I mean you can actually go for a full vacation on a thousand dollars. And I mm-hmm. think you know. So there's 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 a very long answer to this question, but I think what you have to start to do is balance where you want to allocate that money to. So obviously, when you go is going to be of paramount importance because different times of the year there's going to be different rates, not just of hotels but things that are offered and tickets as well do you you know does 
where you stay matter as opposed to what you can do. Me personally, I would rather spend less on my resort and more on the things that I can do. And by do, I mean eat. Um, I, I am going to, if you email me, uh, I am obviously, I will send you a copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money book. I'll send you the audio tours too, just so you have something to help get you excited um, about your trip. Because in there, there are, I mean, there literally are 102 different ways that you can save money because it'll it'll talk to you about saving money before you go and, and ways to save on getting to Disney and then ways to save money while you are there as well. But uh, I think going to Disney for one person at $1,000 is very easy to do, you know, again, based on some of those initial contributing factors even before you step foot on property. You can easily do it for a thousand dollars, especially if, you, like you said, uh, making sure that you're going during the times that are going to offer you the 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 best rates. And if you can go off season, that's your best bet, especially if you do want to stay at the French Quarter, because obviously that's very important to you to stay at that location. Um, it can be done. Just look for the the lower seasons and. Some of them also will have offers that come along with them, so it brings the price down even more that will uh, help cover those the tickets and obviously give you some left over for some wonderful food experiences as well. So I would just keep looking at those. If you're able to travel when it's not summer and it's not a school break and not a holiday, you're in a really good position to uh, to hit your $1,000 mark. And I know you wouldn't say this yourself, but but honestly – Nick, I would, I mean, it doesn't cost you anything to reach out to a travel agency like Mouse Fan Travel. And you can say, look, here's the times I can go. Here's where I want to stay. Here's what my budget is. What can you do? What are the discounts that are going to be available? What are the things? Because they'll mm-hmm. be able to help you sort of navigate some of those things and give you some ideas of, you know, when to go, where to stay and, and how to go about doing it. Right. And one of the things I want to throw on top of that, too, is that if you book it now and for the dates that you're looking for, there might not be an offer yet because they tend to do them a few months ahead of time of, of travel. If you book it now to secure the space and an offer comes out later, we proactively apply that discount if it is something that it would um, that would have applied anyway. So you're going to get savings as you go and you've, you've secured your spot. So I'll tell you one thing that we're running into more and more, just as, as a side note, um, Availability has been crazy this year, and as things are coming and opening uh, between Toy Story and, and later on Galaxy's Edge, it's going to be more and more difficult to uh, to secure hotel space. So I would say book something now. Uh, reach out if you can. Reach out to us or, or somebody else, uh, another travel planner that you feel comfortable with. <clears throat> like Lou said. Just give us the parameters. Say, you know what? This is my budget. This is when when I want to where I want to stay. What can you do? We can work with you to fit that budget and give you the pros and cons of um, of your choices. And that's one thing with Disney World in particular. There are so many choices that uh, we can help navigate the the choices with you and find out what's going to be the best um, way to spend your money to give you the most bang for your buck, especially for something like this, where you, you know, where you want to stay, you know what you want to do and you want to, um, you know, relive some of those memories. Yeah. And Nick, like I said, email me and I'll send you the, the books and tours <laughs> on me. A um, couple, all right, a couple more because we're running long. I, I have imagine to get to that. this one. Uh, it's from my buddy Ricky DJ Wicka Wicka Watt Reed, who says, "Hey Lou, that was me scratching. Here's a scenario <laughs> I'd love to hear your advice on. 
I have $30. Where should I eat anywhere on Walt Disney World property for the best food and experience? And I'm hungry. Thank you. Ricky, if- this is why we're <laughs> friends. So the first thing I thought of, he's got $30 that he wants to spend on a meal for the best food and best experience. And he's hungry. I've got two words for you. Buffet. Stick it to the man. Going to the buffet is where you are going to get the, if you're hungry, it'll give you obviously the most amount of food. And I think that there's a lot of the buffets on property, which give you great, not just good food and plentiful amounts of food, but a great dining experience as well. The one uh, caveat to that is I would, it's not a buffet. And I think for adults now, it's either 32 or $34. I'll spot you to five bucks, but going to Ohana it's even better than a buffet because they bring you the un- – it's like perfect for Becky if she's hungry. They bring you unlimited <laughs> amounts of the oh-so-very-awesome food there. But some of the other places um, that I would go that I think have really good buffets, they're right in your uh, price range as well. I think Trails End for yes. breakfast lunch is still one of the best values, best food overlooked hidden gem call it what you want experiences anywhere on property you got to get there i mean you got to work to sort of get there by you know bus golf cart boat whatever it is but some things are worth melting for and trails end is worth getting to oh trails end was the first thing that came to mind because i think that 30 dollar price point is still the dinner price out there isn't it yep so that's perfect or or you could just go up to any counter service grab something and go to the closest garbage can and have a meal. <laughs> well, explain for, for people who don't know, Becky and I oftentimes, <laughs> if we're cheering a race or at Disneyland, we'll grab something to eat. And if it's crowded, we just make our table on top of a garbage can. You hated it at the beginning. And by beginning, I mean the first nine years, but now you've come to embrace it. And that's, it's and that's like why we become a thing. It's just become a thing. If, if we're eating together and we're standing alongside of a road, waiting for people to run by if it's not on a garbage can, it just feels wrong. I don't um, some other ones, Ricky, you could, and they look, Ricky, if you need help going to these places, I'm here for you, brother. I'm, I'm a giver. I'll go with you. Um, <laughs> Hollywood and Vine is another fun one. Um, certainly Boma, uh, especially if you want to go for breakfast. If uh, And I'm, I'm 82.7% sure it's under the $30 mark for um, for breakfast is another really good one. Um Gosh, where else do I like buffet wise? Um, <laughs> is, that a, is that a question? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying. I mean, because I, I, I'm sort of tempted to just lay them all out to you right at once, but I, I won't do that. Because um, I'm again, I'm trying to find that sweet spot. I actually love Crystal Palace for breakfast. I, I'm a Winnie the Pooh fan. It's in Magic Kingdom. If you book it smart, you get in before park opens. So mm-hmm. those are probably my top three ish but when i see you when you get here ricky we'll we'll hit a lot or and or all of them i, I think we need to don't you think you should turn that into a, a review of some sort <laughs> places you can eat for 30 dollars or less go well i listen I, well maybe i will i think the most i still think the most popular video i ever done just i ever did just numbers wise was my five snacks under five dollars in the magic wow. kingdom so i have to, how many of them still live Stop it! All right, last one. Let's let's end this one on a uh, on a high note. Oh, Jenna L says her subject line is Disney let Disney 
bachelorette party suggestions. Woohoo! Yeah. She says, love, love, love the podcast. I just had a quick question I was hoping you could help me out with. I'm getting married this year. Woohoo! And I've decided to throw my bachelorette party in Walt Disney World. Oh, yeah. I was hoping you might be able to give me some suggestions of activities or attractions for us to enjoy on our girls weekend. We'll be in Disney for a couple days, but only plan on doing one day in the parks again. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Jenna, first things first, congratulations. Second, you came to the right place because I am all about girls weekend. What? what? Oh, my Listen, gosh. What? I love girls weekend. I'm <laughs> oh, one of the girls. Yeah. I'm one of the girls. I'll wear the ears. I'll wear, you know, I mean, I won't. You wear the bride to be shirt. I'll wear the, you know, the uh, the uh, bachelorette <laughs> party shirt. But listen, I really do love this. And I love the fact, and this has been a trend over the last number. Look, Walt Disney World used to be the number one family vacation destination on the planet. It is now the number one destination. Vacation destiny on the pla- destination on the planet. You can take family out because now people are doing this. They're coming there to honeymoon. They're coming there for girls' weekend. They're coming there for bachelor and bachelorette parties. They're coming there for you know family reunions, corporate events. So I like the fact that you're not like, hey, we're going to Vegas, we're going to Cabo. Like you want to go to Walt Disney World, and I think that's, that's awesome. awesome. So my first yep. bit of advice for you is going to be contrary to what a lot of people probably think for bachelor parties. I am not going to tell you to drink around the world. That is a bad, bad, bad idea. Bad yeah. things normally happen at the end of drink. <laughs> I always say, if you see people with Viking hats and the the um, and sombreros on, chick boxes it on probably it? Yeah. is not going to end well for you guys. Look, this is such an important time that you want to spend enjoying it with your friends. So you have one day in the parks, make the most of it, right? Maybe I'll sort of try and plan out a a day for you a little bit. Um, Get up early, go to the spa. I I love Mandara spa at Swan and Dolphin. It is so beautifully themed. It's an amazing spa. Um, You can do something again. I'm trying to think of something that is somewhat different in the parks. It's a memorable experience. Like do something like, you know, a wild Africa trek. Do something that you guys will do together that will be memorable. I would find that special place or that special dining experience. I think you should go after your your morning at the spa. I think you should go to the Garden View Tea Room and have afternoon tea. It was one of the loveliest meals I have ever had in Walt Disney World. Um, You can do at night for food. You could do uh, a, a special so for example California Grill has something called a celebration at the top like an event package that that will um, it's sort of a special event that you can do that you know includes not just the food but um, uh, champagne fireworks other stuff like that you can and you don't have to pre-book something like that but find out that place that you want to go I would absolutely Include in your thoughts and in your mindset and in your budget the the uh, mini use of minivans. If you are going to mm-hmm. be drinking at all while you're on property, please, for everybody's sake, don't drive. I am a zero tolerance for drinking and driving. So budget for minivans or, or making sure that there'll be somebody who can get everybody around. And at night, I, I think, listen, I'm going to give you a secret. I think Rick's Lounge at Coronado is a hidden gem of not just dining, but nightlife. (laughs) Atlantic Dance Hall, beautiful venue. 
jelly rolls. There's live music all around Disney Springs. Look, maybe you don't want to do a full sit-down meal. Don't do bar hopping. Do appetizer hopping around Disney Springs. I can give you an appetizer culinary tour. Jock Lindsay's, Boathouse, Morimoto, Raglan Road, <laughs> Boathouse, Boathouse, Homecoming, and then finish off at Boathouse. There's live music going on. And again, it's not sort of that that typical, you know, bachelorette party, you know, drink fest that it does not need to be. You want this to be something that's going to be special and you're actually going to remember, um, hopefully for the rest of your life. That sounds like a great plan. I I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, if budget is not an issue, one of the things that I would suggest, again, if budget is not an issue, get one of the VIP guides. Because that way, you can go to any park. They're driving. They will get you to places quickly you'll be able to enjoy what you want when you want they're driving you around you can go on the attractions without spending a whole bunch of time there there's a lot you can do at Walt Disney World if you want to go to the spa go to the spa if you want to spend some time appetizer hopping or if you want to go uh, laugh down at my to appetizer the... hopping I love appetizer well, hopping well I, I just remember that when on my bachelorette uh I had to fit into a wedding dress a week or two later. <laughs> so probably appetizers was not the highest thing on my priority. But yes, there's so many great opportunities and so many great things to experience with with your friends. And I can't think of a better place to do it than, than Walt Disney World. And if you, again, if you have the budget and you can just get a VIP guide and say, this is what I want to do. I also like your idea of um, of doing the... Uh, the wild, what, uh, wild sorry, Africa track. The, uh, track, yeah, because it's, that is really a cool bonding experience with a group of people. Um, that's something that we should actually do sometime with a with a whole group of of friends because it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of giggles. There's a a lot of um, a lot of great picture opportunities too with and everybody. There's some sweet so, food at the end too. There's so. some really sweet food at the <laughs> end. Um, there's your appetizers, but uh, I. I love the idea of being able to hop around, have some different experiences together because it's some it's going to be something that you will remember forever and you will cherish those memories. Absolutely. So, Jenna, I want what I want to do to help you out even further is hear from you, our friend, the listener, whether it's a bachelorette party, a bachelor party, something special maybe to do that we didn't talk about, whether it's for one of those events, an anniversary, a 30th birthday, some of the other things that we covered, give me your idea for something special to do. Special doesn't have to mean expensive. It can be just something, like I said, that's special. A carriage ride around Fort Wilderness can be incredibly special and memorable. Going fishing with your dad or taking your son to, you know, go golfing or doing foot golf at, you know, which is the, the new thing now over at the Oak Trail Golf Course. Yeah, that doing foot golfing like thing. That. Explain that really quick for those who don't know, because that that really looked interesting. So I think what Disney set out to do, well, actually, it's, it didn't start at Disney. Foot golf, from what I understand, is actually a very popular sport nationwide, which really combines two of the sports that I'm really, really bad at, which is golf <laughs> and soccer, and marries them into one. Like, what can we do to really embarrass Lou Mangiello? Even? Foot golf. Perfect. <laughs> I have done it. Um, I'm, I have to post my video from when I did, but it's a really neat and actually really, really fun, completely family friendly um, 
uh, hybrid sport where you do go to Disney's Oak Trail Golf Course, which is over at the Shades of Green Resort. So it's a great way to see something you've probably never seen before. And you can you take this. It's the same course that the golfers use. But instead of, you know, I need my four iron and you just take you are given a soccer ball and you kick your way around through the course. Kids can do it. Adults can do it. You can actually do a hybrid. So maybe if the parents are golfing and kids want to do foot golf, you can do it at the same time as you go around the course. Uh, It's a lot of fun. I did it for a few holes one morning. I will post my video and stay tuned. There's that I got there's like something else there's something else in the pipeline Becky that I hinted Uh-oh. to on a live show one night that I also haven't told you about yet uh. so stay tuned um, we need to spend some quality time on the phone we, do. we really do <laughs> <laughs> or maybe girls weekend come on let's spend over weekend. girls weekend we'll get together uh, we won't go to the spa Annie but we'll Petty. have some nice no no many petties for me but <laughs> I listen I could use a little spa day I've never actually well never mind. Um, but I do want to hear from you about your ideas for something special to do for that special occasion. Um, congratulations to all of you who are coming here to celebrate something special or just celebrate your next trip to Walt Disney World. When you do, I promise Becky and the entire team will be happy to help you over at mousefantravel.com. And if you, my friend, the listener, has a question you want me to answer on the show, just email me, lou at www.radio.com, and I promise we will get to it. If you have asked me a question in the past, I promise it's still in the inbox. We will get to it ASAP uh, because Becky, uh, as they say at the end of Wreck-It Ralph, when can we do this again? As, whenever you want to because you know I'm always here for you. <laughs> <laughs> My schedule is fully open to anything that you need. Oh, and I will, I will even, they knew how funny I will that even really leave is. Thor in, in the, you know... In the trail, in the back, in the dust, just so that I can do an email segment well, with you. Thank you for you and all that you do. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I, I love um, working through these questions and these scenarios because it's it's a lot of fun talking about. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Disney history and trivia, or I want to see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, this week, and what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I asked you, where in Walt Disney World have you heard this phrase? Here in the realm of eternal darkness, nature has provided her creatures with their own eerie luminescence. Fortunately for you, I did not do my best Captain Nemo or James Mason, wow, that was really bad, impression, because obviously that came from one of my favorite, rest in peace, extinct attractions in Walt Disney World, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Captain Nemo tells you about how you're passing beneath the North Pole, you're descending into deeper water, and here in this realm of eternal darkness, I almost did the James Mason impression again, nature provided creatures with their own eerie luminescence. Anyway, I took all of the correct entries. Again, last week you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book. 
all the audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, all of which, by the way, still on sale, just $10 in the WWE Radio store, a Magic Band cover, stickers, a pop socket and holder, and a brand new po- prize I've been adding to the prize packages lately, a shirt that I will pick randomly from our WDW Radio collection over at www.radio.com shirts. There you can find not only of a, a variety of WDW Radio logo shirts, but a few designs of my own, as well as other curated Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, nerd culture shirts as well. Again, go to www.radio.com slash shirts. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Aaron Roundtree. So Aaron, because you use the form on the site, I have not just your information and where to ship your package, but I've got your shirt size. I'll order you a shirt and get it out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's simple Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So one of the things I love about Disney beyond the food, obviously, is the music. Some songs which are written specifically for attractions, some of the background music and soundtracks, and even some of the classics that make their way into classic attractions. So, for example, I want you to tell me this week, who sings the ballad of Davy Crockett in the Country Bear Jamboree? You have until Sunday, April 8th to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the book, the audio tours, the cover, the stickers, the pop socket, and a shirt from the collection. So good luck. I almost did and have fun in the James Mason voice, but I won't. So just go and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate your time this and every week. And don't forget that I'd love the conversation to continue, not just about this show specifically, but anything that you want to talk about in our WW Radio community. I welcome and more importantly invite you to be part of the WW Radio family by going to www.radio.com community. That will take you to our group on Facebook. I invite you to come in, grab a snack, make yourself comfortable, and introduce yourself to the rest of the WW Radio family. Speaking of family, I want to thank all of the new and longtime members who've joined the growing family as part of the WW Radio Nation. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you and all the help that you provide, not just to me, but really to the show as well. I want to thank some new members to the Nation family like Terry Stinson Darty, Chad Williams, Michelle Pope, Joseph Kalinsky, Christine Kronowski, and Matt Bollinger. Your help is so very important to the show, and I love being able to give back to you with special content, scavenger hunts. We have our own private Facebook group. I personalize your Magic Band covers. We have logo gear, backpacks, T-shirts, monthly care packages, like physical care packages I'll send to you from the parks, as well as our exclusive live video group calls and more. To find out more and to see how you could be part of the WW Radio Nation family, please visit www.radio.com support. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your monthly contribution does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Because of you and thanks to you, we've raised a quarter of a million dollars for Make-A-Wish to help kids and their family with life-threatening illnesses get to visit this place that we love and appreciate so much. Again, to find out more, please visit www.radio.com support. You know I love hearing from you, whichever and however way you are most comfortable, whether it's a conversation in our community over on Facebook, 
If it's a question you want me to answer on a future show, you can email me, lou at wdwradio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Of course, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why we continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World as well as other special events in the parks, on cruises, and on the road. Quick yet important note, there's a date change for April's Meet of the Month. It is being moved from Saturday, April 21st to now Saturday, April 28th. Again, same location, same time. Backlot Express at Disney's Hollywood Studios right next to Star Tours from 1.30 to 3 o'clock p.m. Again, the new date is Saturday, April 28th. I sincerely apologize for any inconvenience. I will share in the very near future why I unfortunately had to change that date. There's also other events we have coming up. Check out our events events page on the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash WW Radio. I also do a number of meetups on the road when and where as I can. I often travel to speak at conferences and to businesses and to schools. If I can speak to you or for you, you can can find out more at loumangelo.com. More importantly, I want to help you do what you've done for me, which is turn that thing that you love into that thing that you do. So whether you have an idea, you're just starting out, you're a blogger, a podcaster, doing video, have a product, a service, or an idea, I would love to be able to help you. We can work together one-on-one. And more importantly, I invite you to join me and 50 dedicated, like-minded entrepreneurs in a very intimate setting in Walt Disney World this Saturday and Sunday, October 6th and 7th, 2018, for my Momentum Weekend Workshop and Optional Mastermind Day. If you visit loumangelo.com, you can find out more about this event. See if it's right for you. If you have a question, feel free to reach out to me. Also, I'm doing a weekend retreat June 1st through the 3rd. There's now one seat left for that weekend mastermind retreat. Again, if you visit loumangelo.com and click on Momentum or click on Retreat to find out more. I want to thank Becky Mangan, as always, not just for joining me on the show, but continuing to be such an important and valued and more importantly, trusted partner, which is why I use and recommend them. So no matter where you're going in the world, whether it's a Disney world or not, you can visit them at mousefantravel.com. And thanks to little Timmy Foster over at Celebrations Press. There you can go and subscribe and order back issues and some of the special editions of Celebrations Magazine. More importantly, I want to thank you. This show is by, for, about, because of, and thanks to you. And all I ask in return is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Share a link to this or one of your favorite older episodes on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you call home. And if you can, take just 30 seconds. That's all it takes to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's really, really helpful. We have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. I appreciate and read every single one of them. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Jagger Lips, who says, this is an exceptional an example of how to do podcasts. It's by far the best podcast available today by somebody other than a paid professional radio organization. And the quality of the production is better than most of the NPR shows, too. Add in Lou with his endless knowledge of all things Disney, his sincere love of people and wonderful humility, and we get to enjoy the world of Disney from anywhere at any time. Although some episodes run long, shocker, they never turn into endless rambling by people that just want to hear themselves talk. 
I wish her many, many years of continued success. Jagger Lips. Um, I, I can't tell your name with a straight face, but thank you so much, man. That really means a lot to me. John Lucas 18 says, This is a perfect way to make you feel like you're in Disney, even when you live 16 hours away. WW Radio is as best as it is, as best as it gets. Love this podcast, says Death to Pop from the United States. He says, I love Walt Disney World so much, and this wonderful podcast brings the magic and happiness of Disney into my home once a week. Death to Pop, John Lucas and Jagger Lips. Thank you. Thank everybody else who has rated and reviewed the show. Again, just go to search for WW Radio in iTunes or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. It'll take you right there and show you exactly how to rate and review the show. Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I I love and appreciate you. You fill my heart and you fill my cup every week with those reviews, with the emails and tweets and voicemails that you send you truly make me that the happiest guy on the planet. Like I, you know, I say all the time that that success, and I'm using air quotes, success for me is not measured in dollars and cents. It's in levels of happiness, right? And and you don't need a lot of money to lead a rich and successful life. This show, this community, you, and the way you make me feel uh, is the most important thing in the world to me. It's something that money can't buy. And that's why it is so important, that it's why it is so special. And that's why you, you are my friend. You are my extended family. And I love and appreciate you. If there's ever anything I can do to repay the favor and the gift that you've given me, just let me know. So until next time, I hope that this truly is your best, happiest, most successful week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hello, Lou. Um, um, my name's Chuck. You and I have emailed a couple times, uh, a couple times in the past. Absolutely love your show. You asked what the most emotional moment in, is in Disney World, and mine is kind of different. Um, me and my wife and our four boys, it's probably the Enchanted Tiki Room song, just because we stay in that part of Magic Kingdom Adventureland, and uh, my boys um, love the Magic Carpet. They love the Dole Whips. They love that Jungle Cruise. So even though Tiki Room isn't our favorite song, that song is usually stuck in our heads, and, they, you know, the boys usually play with it and change the words. And um, that's kind of just the song that keeps coming back um, because that is our favorite part of Magic Kingdom. But I think that any time I hear that song, I just think of of that whole world, Adventureland, in there. Um, and that's, that song will always make me think of our first trip. So thank you for the show. Love your work. Keep it up. Hi, listening to the podcast on Monday, and I wanted to share my moment that brought like tears of joy to my to myself. Like I have this CD. It's a four parts one world, Walt Disney World CD, and every time I listen to it, and I remember going to the park four years ago. And listening to the um, the welcome melody on Main Street, and I remember like tearing up because I was so happy, and just seeing the castle just brings like tears of joy to me. And um, I'm planning a trip in September, and I'm so excited to uh, head down there and be home again. I just wanted to share, my name's Rebecca from Dayton, Ohio, and I I love listening to your show. Right? Thank you. Bye.
Hey, Lou, it's Sean Croft from Long Island, New York. Just finished listening to your uh, top ten with Tim about the uh, emotional experiences at Walt Disney World. And I'd say that, uh, for me, the thing that always gets me is music. I mean, visually, of course, it's stunning, but it's always been about the music. Uh, everything I remember about it as a kid, it was always, for whatever reason, it always came back to the music whether it was the music from Mickey Mania, which I know is your favorite parade, or the I'm Going to Disney World song from the Vacation Planner, all the way up to now, the music from Soarin', uh, the music from Festival of Fantasy. Um, that always just elicits so much emotion and, and fond memories. Uh, and the other thing, uh, honorable mention, and here's a go with me here for you, it's the sound of the alarm clock getting me up at 2.30 in the morning before those run Disney events. When I know that I'm going out with the running team, we're raising money for Make-A-Wish. I think what you guys have done has been unbelievable. I know I've told you that before, and same I've told Deanna, but what you guys have done is unbelievable. Uh, the people on the running team are fantastic, and it inspires me, at least, to be less selfish and to, to be a better person and to work hard. Um, and to just keep us going because it's a phenomenal task and a great way to raise money for these kids. So, Lou, thank you very much as always. I look forward to uh, hearing the next one. Hopefully I see you soon. Thanks. Hi, Lou. My name is Leanna. I'm calling from Connecticut, and I was just listening to like the top ten emotional podcasts, and I'm hoping this is a good one. So one of them that we always love doing, my family and I, when we go to Disney, and we now start a tradition, Every time we go to Epcot, we go right to Morocco, and we always take a picture in front of the Fez. It's an ongoing tradition now. My sister's husband and his family now does it. It's like an ongoing thing, and it's just fantastic because when we look back on the pictures, we see how our family's grown, you know, who's grown up, and it's just great memories to see, and I hope you like that. Thanks. Have a good one. I love your show. Hey, Lou, how's it going? This is uh, Matt from Houston, Texas. Uh, I just got done listening to your uh, Sunday podcast about the uh, top ten most emotional moments at Disney. Um, one part of the show, you had told us to call in and let you know, so I figured I'd share uh, my most emotional moment uh, for me. Uh, I have two small girls. Uh, at the time when we went last year, they were two and four. Now um, one of them is five. Um, the most emotional moment for me of that trip, uh, which happened to be our second trip, um, but uh, our first trip, I think I was in middle school, uh, but of this last trip was actually getting to see the Happily Ever After a fireworks show um, at Magic Kingdom. That was our first park that we did with the girls, and to just sit there and watch them just look in absolute amazement and awe of the fireworks, the lights, um, and just the whole production of it all. Uh, and what was really emotional is how they made sure to connect every movie, or uh, not every movie, but a lot of the major movies uh, into the show, which the movies for us at home are always our way uh, to kind of get away from the hustle and bustle of the week um, with our girls to sit down for an hour or two and just kind of escape into those movies. Um, 
And I'm personally not a very emotional person, um, just per se, but to watch my daughters and to hear them ooh and ah at every uh, explosion and animation that went up on the castle, uh, I, without a doubt, got choked up and actually found myself watching them more uh, for more than probably half the show rather than actually watching the show um, because that to me evoked that sense of, of happiness and, and, and awe and, and just completely taken back by, you know, how great of a job that Disney does and in, 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 in giving you that emotional experience beyond just a visual and audio or an auditory uh, experience. Um, it, we actually went with my parents uh, also on this trip, and they were loved it and were so, uh, I guess you could also say emotionally moved. I found them crying at times, uh, just watching our girls get into experiencing that they have actually told us we want to go back next year. And so we are actually in the process of planning another trip to go back next year, which was way earlier than we thought we were going to do. We had said maybe every five years we'll try and go or six years. And, hey, Lou, sorry, I must have got cut off there because I took too long. But um just want to finish up with saying I really love listening to your podcast every Sunday. You do such a great job and really, I think, inspire all of us to, to try and do what we can and to get us and our families out to experience the parks more often. Um when we can uh, keep up the great work and we're looking forward to next Sunday's podcast. Have a great one. Here in this realm of eternal darkness, nature has provided her creatures with their own eerie luminescence. Warning light, sir. We've reached maximum depth limit. Ease her back up to 80 fathoms. Eight zero fathoms, aye, aye. Captain, a gi giant squid dead ahead. Stand by, repellent charge. Steady as she goes. Our submarine is equipped with a high-voltage electric...